It is the flip that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Somebody started flipping it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue flipping it forever just because it is the flip that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Somebody started flipping it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue flipping it forever just because it is a flip that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Somebody started flipping it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue flipping it forever just because it is the flip that never ends. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what's going on, my fellow house flippers? I hope you guys have all had a fantastic week. This is Justin Williams, and you are listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast. And yes, occasionally there comes along a flip that never ends. There may be some of you who have experienced that. Hopefully, with good coaching, you can uh, find a way to not come across too many of those flips that never end. Okay, so this past week has been another amazing week. Kale Darling, my man, the buying house machine, put five houses under contract last week. Now, this is really exciting for multiple reasons. Number one, it's fun to buy lots of houses. And as many of you know, the week before last week, we put 12 houses under contract. So now to get another five this past week, uh, we're just we're still rocking and rolling with these, these huge numbers. So that's really exciting for 2015 to see what we can accomplish. And number two, I mean, Kel was kind of in a little bit of a slump. You know, at the end of last year, the beginning of 2015, things just he wasn't cranking as hard as as well as he was before. And, you know, it was it was kind of tough for him and I in a way, because I wanted to see him grow and succeed uh to the level that I knew that he could. So to see him back at it, to see things rocking and rolling is is just really exciting. And the combination of the houses that we're buying, and he's got got some great margins on some of these houses recently. It's been phenomenal. The combination of the houses that we're buying and the way the market's picking up and houses are selling, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I kind of feel like maybe there were some sellers that, you know, several months ago, last year, whatever you want to call it, were, were kind of waiting for things, you know, the, well, the market was going up, right? The market was going up, it was on crazy, so people didn't want to sell. And then it kind of slowed down and people weren't getting the price that they thought they could. And I think now with the combination of the market picking up again, they're getting good prices, they're able to get sell their house for a good um, amount. They feel like, hey, it's a good time to sell, let's sell these things. I don't know what it is. The combination of me networking and finding other connections and Kale just crushing it and all these things coming together. I'm not sure exactly, but there's something in the air. It is a good time to be in this business, and hopefully you are in this business. Um, you know, I see people all the time. They're waiting for that perfect moment to get going. And then times like now, they wish that they were in and they had all these houses that were selling and under contract and whatnot. And it's like, dude, you can't like, it's too late. Not that it's too late, because it's never too late to start. But you can't like jump in tomorrow and say, okay, I'm ready. All right. I mean, it takes time. It takes an effort. you got to be plugging away and making things happen. And then um, there's times like this when things just all come together. So super excited. I mean, it's one of, it's been probably the two best weeks 
um, I've ever had in business collectively. And we have tons of houses in escrow. I think uh, talking to, I was actually at my parents' house last night for dinner and my mom helps track a lot of these escrows. And I think we have like 21 houses that are in escrow to be closed. We're replacing that with a bunch of houses to buy. Uh, tons of investors are coming out of the woodwork that want to work with us. Um, it's just it's just a really exciting time. Okay, so a couple of quick announcements before we get rocking with our interview today. A quick reminder about our seminar on May 9th. Uh, that will be here in Orange County, California. We don't have an exact location yet, but you can go to HowSomethingHQ.com slash seminar. Our early bird special is still going on for a couple more weeks, so grab that while you can, and we will let you know the location here shortly. Um, next off, I did get a quite a bit of feedback, quite a bit of responses of people who are interested in me doing a higher level coaching program with more advanced students, people who aren't just getting started in this um, this business, which I know a lot of you are, and that's cool, right? We have the coaching for you as well. But this is for those who are ready to take it to that next level. I just had so many people reach out to me and say, hey, I got the fundamentals down. I've been taking action. I want to grow uh, a seven-figure business. I want to grow a high six or seven-figure business, want to streamline this business, want to have systems, want to have a little more freedom. How can I do that? So um, we've come up with this uh, higher-end program that we'll be meeting four times per year, three time, three days at a time with all experienced house flippers and really focusing on taking your business to that next level. So if you are interested in that, reach out to us either justin at housewhippinghq.com or info at housewhippinghq.com and let us know you're interested and we are shortly going to be beginning um, a qualification and interview process for that. All right, guys, now it is time for our incredible interview with the one, the only flip nerd, Mike Hambright. It's funny, I just was recording this intro and I paused it real quick because my wife had something for me. And I have a flip nerd pair of sunglasses along with a thank you card from Mike. So I am wearing my glasses now. It is official. I am a flip nerd. All right. Let's take it away. So I've got Mike Hambright here. He is the official flip nerd, guys. You've probably heard of Flip Nerd Podcast, or what else you got, Mike? Flip Tips? Is that? Is that uh, we do show? some expert tips, yeah, from experts and awesome people like you, my friend. That's called Flip Tips, yeah. So, so here's the deal, guys. It's funny. Uh, Mike just asked me right now, "How's your How's your uh, show flow? Like, what are we gonna do?" And I'm like, "I have no idea, Mike. I'm just gonna talk to you. We're just gonna We're just gonna get this figured out. We're just gonna go as figure it out as we go, right?" So, Mike um, reached out to me, or his VA reached out to me a few weeks ago and asked me if I could would be on his show. And of course, I, I was happy to to do so. Um, and then it's pretty pretty funny story. Last week, you guys have heard me talk about this new mastermind group I joined up with that people in it are just phenomenal. You know, everyone's doing high volume, just crushing it. Um, so I was at this meeting and I'm coming down the elevator and I heard, I happen to be in the elevator with, with this guy and he's talking about real estate and I'm like, oh, do you do you do real estate? And they're like, yeah, you know, we're in this mastermind group. I'm like, oh, hey, my name my name's Justin. He's like, hey, I'm I'm Mike Hambra. Like, I'm I'm the flip nerd. It was, so it was, me and Mike are in this elevator together. It was crazy, like in Tampa, so the other side of the country for me. And we were going to be talking here in just a couple days. So uh, cool, small fun. small world, small world. So he was going to interview me, mm. and I thought, you know, if you're in this group, 
obviously you're highly qualified. I want to interview you as well. Um, so anyway, we just got done with the interview he did for me. And honestly, I don't know a ton about Mike because the thing with this mastermind group is there's so many people in the group and it kind of overlaps. And we were there one day together, but I didn't hear him present. He didn't hear me present. So I'm excited. This is my opportunity to get to know him a little more and about his business. So you ready, Mike? Um, let's do it, man. Let's do it. So just tell me, tell me about yourself. Give me a little more of your background. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people know me uh, for the, the show that I have, Flip Nerd. And uh, we have some actually some big things coming out, which I'll tell you about, too, because um, it's, 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 it's going to be more than just the show. But uh, my background is not too different from yours in the regards. I started in 2008, um, had no real estate experience prior to that, just wanted to leave uh, corporate America. And so we knew we wanted to kind of be our own boss and uh, without getting into too many details, you know, we, my wife and I needed a system. We, we both had pretty decent high paying jobs. You know, we, we were doing fairly well. So we had kind of a high opportunity cost. Like we, you know, we had to ramp up quickly, basically. We couldn't just dabble with doing a house here and there. Um, so we bought a, a home investors franchise that we buy ugly houses, folks. Nice. And, um, so a lot of folks, you know, the that we have, don't let any of the rest of us advertise. We buy ugly houses, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they protect that brand. They protect that brand, yeah. So, uh, so you know, we bought a franchise back then, and since then we bought several hundred houses, and I mentor and coach people all over the country now that are part of this system. And it's uh, it's been a great system for us. And, you know, as a systems guy yourself, you know, um, we feel very much the same way, which is why we bought a franchise, because we, we knew we could ramp up quicker if we didn't have to figure out how to do every single thing. And we just kind of had, in many ways, a business in a box. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we worked really hard too. The funny thing is, is you'll appreciate this. I mean, we came in in the summer of summer of 2008 when, when, you know, everybody was running away from real estate and we were kind of running in because we're like, you know, we had a a son that was to just turn one year old, like failure was not an option for us. And so we just worked our tails off and, uh, with no experience, you know, we ended up buying 65 houses in our first year. Whoa. And uh, just really cranked hard, but some of it was, you know, I. There's no doubt that we worked very hard, very hard. There's no doubt that being part of a system that had done this before many times uh, helped. But really, some of it was a circumstance too of the fact that a lot of our competition had gone away. We were fortunate to have access to some private capital, and a lot of people were losing their credit lines, and so it's like you know there was we were kind of blessed in that in that moment for the first year or two where we didn't have any legacy inventory that was bogging us down. We didn't have any bad habits per se. And we were just, you know, driving in when everybody else was running away. Love it. Love it. The perfect storm. What, what do they say? Luck is where um, opportunity and preparation meet, correct? So yeah, yeah. You guys were ready. And, you know, I love you. You talked about you didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. You didn't give yourself a choice, whatever it might be. That's a theme that I see constantly in successful um house flipper, I mean, real estate investors or entrepreneurs at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they don't have a choice. You know, for me, when I had $120,000 of debt and we were living in a small room with our six-month-old son, my family was counting on me, like going and hanging out, watching TV at night, going to the movies, going on. Like that wasn't an option. Right. It was like as much as I wanted to breathe, I had to get this figured out. And you got to dig deep sometimes to be able to go to that place. So... So that's pretty cool to hear you say that. Yeah, I see that too. You know, I've and I've said much of what you just said before, where I you know I interview a lot of folks as well, and it's it's a common theme that somebody uh, 
got backed into a corner and they figured it out. And, it, and you know, the interesting thing is somebody said this to me one time because I said well, I had the same conversation before with, gosh, I can't remember who it was. But they said, well, failure was an option. I think it was Matt Terrio. Yeah. It, it was an option, but you just chose not to allow that to be an option. And, and that's an interesting thing because a lot of people that are in real estate investing, you know, fail. And it's be, I'm not saying that everybody that fails, you know, had another way around it, but there are clearly a lot of people Bad that never get out of the good gate. People. It happens, right? Yeah, it happens. It happens to good people, but there are definitely um, some people that allowed it to be an option. They weren't. There wasn't enough pain yeah. for them to uh, not let that be an option. Absolutely, I, yeah, I love that. I've heard that referred to as the baby effect. Yeah, you, know, you got <laughs> just because you know if you have like a child or something, something that's so important, like it just causes you to really take that massive action. But that's pretty yeah. cool. So. Yeah. You that, that's interesting. So you you got involved in this franchise, um, home investors before, before you really had taken action. I mean, it wasn't. I know. Some, oh, we had never bought a single house. Yeah, you know, so other you than the one house we that, lived in at in the time. First, Let, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, I, I know a lot of people have heard of you know the we buy ugly houses, cavemen guys. Yeah. Um, home investors. Um. Tell, tell me, I don't know, I know a little bit about it. I don't know a ton about them. I know it's like you buy into a franchisee, you buy into a franchise, you pay a certain amount of money, then they get a percentage, they help you with marketing. Can you can you tell us a little more about that, how that works? Yeah, it's a little complicated, but, um, you know, you buy a franchise and then, um, you know, there are operating systems, there's a CRM, that the proprietary CRM, there's proprietary apps now, there's some really cool stuff that that a lot of people would love to have, but they just can't because they're not part of the system. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting model in that um, effectively Homevestors has a um, in-house agency, uh, advertising agency that collectively, so I'm in Dallas, so in Dallas we have, we, a lot of people are kind of surprised by this, we have about 25 actually franchisees in the Dallas-Fort Worth market nice. or so. And so collectively we pool our money together to buy advertising and we figure everybody can spend whatever amount you want. You could spend a thousand. You could spend zero if you want to, but you spend usually in increments of a thousand. So if I'm going to spend a thousand dollars, there's probably somebody that's spending twenty or thirty thousand in this market. And so, what, however much money is in the proverbial pot or the hat, you know, based on how much I contributed, what percentage that is to the tool to the total is the percentage of leads that I get for that month. So if I put in seven point five percent of the advertising for a given month. Anybody that calls from our billboards, our direct mail, internet initiatives, anything that we're doing, uh, TV, goes through this intelligent routing system that is sending leads to whoever deserves them the most to keep that allocation in place. Um, so it just kind of predetermines who it's going to send that next lead to based on who is furthest away from their ideal allocation. All right. So there's some kind of system. You said intelligent. It must be pretty intelligent to just <laughs> be able to figure all that out. Yeah. And it just sends yeah, it's all leads. automated. I mean, it's like our, yeah. it's not it's not like a lead goes to somebody and they say, "Well, I'm going to send it over to this guy." Yeah, it's it just happens based on um, a ratio of how many leads I should get based off of how much I contributed. So you can contribute as much capital as you want, or as little capital as you want, and yeah. depending on how many how much capital is is put in to people in your group, is that how much marketing gets done? Yep. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious. Like you and I are just having this conversation. Really, we can the people. Yeah, can we've never talked about not. People can be listening or not. I don't you know. Whatever. Yeah. I, I want to know. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That. Um. That's how it works. Yeah. Now, it's it's it, an interesting system that allows us to, 
not have exclusive territories per se. We have a market, which is defined as the Dallas you know, market, for example. But then inside of that, there may be somebody that has an office or works out of their home 30 miles from here, but they may buy, buy a house to me right next door in another part of town. So we don't have exclusive you know, territories per se. So that's kind of cool, though, because it helps you to keep from competing against each other. That's right. That's the whole purpose of it. And in fact, that routing system that sends us leads um, it has kind of a caller ID function, if you will. So we call them sticky leads. So if somebody you know calls back from that number or they send an internet lead from that same email address, then it routes it back to the original person that received it. So you know sometimes people will call you and then they'll call you back the next day. Well, statistically speaking, if they didn't have that, that would probably get sent to somebody else. Yeah. And so it kind of remains sticky to me as long as they call back from the same number or uh, email from the same address. So Homevestors makes their money from the the upfront franchise cost, correct? Yeah. And they get a percentage of all the deals that you close on. Yeah, every every house that we that we sell effectively, you pay transaction fees on. They're not making any money on the marketing though. Um yeah, I think you know, pretty much all franchisors, I mean that's how they make money. They make money on the marketing too. Up, okay, I just want to make sure I, I understood. Truth be told, they marked that up, but you know, <clears throat> well, at the end of the day, it's all about the ROI, and that's all I care about. Like, I don't even. Yeah. All I want to know. That's absolutely right. Yeah. If you if you what could. What did I spend? What did I make? Period. That's, that's right. Yeah. In in fact, you know, when they buy billboards and things like that, I mean, they have so much more purchasing power than I would as an individual investor. Even the fact that they're marked up is still far cheaper than what I would be able to go buy on my own. Yeah. Um. So, so like you said, everybody's got to make. Everybody's go, got to. Let's go back in time a little bit. So you have um. You know, little kid, you got these jobs you just let go of, and you you got this homevestors thing going, and like they're marketing for you. Um, so you buy the franchise, and then you got the marketing going on. You just put a certain amount of money based on what you want to do, and then like the phone starts ringing, right? So yeah. t- tell us like about like that first deal. How did that happen? How that, did you quit your job before you had done a deal? Yes, yeah. In fact, I I actually had started another company. So it's a, it's a long. I don't know how far back you want to go with me, uh, Justin. But I'll just um, it out know, if it's boring. I, I'd no, actually started a. Uh, I started another company. I tried to start another company just before Homevestors, which I left my previous company, which was an online retailer, and then kind of simultaneously partnered with them and tried to basically run an affiliate model. Um, even though I had no experience marketing online, you know whatsoever, and um, you know it just didn't work. Like it just you know, in hindsight, the idea was good. It just wasn't executed. Well, it's one of those things where I burned through a bunch of savings for 10 months. But if I had it to do over again, like you said, fail fast, yeah. I, I could – everything that I learned, I should have been able to learn that in two months instead of 10, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of walk away from. And if I had it to do over again, I would I would be able to do it differently and more effectively. But yeah. that's that's kind of how it works, right? That's, as how, you that's how the that's, that's hindsight. Is, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I knew – even though I had this business that, that failed um, – I knew that's part of the reason why failure wasn't an option. Like I've already failed once. Yeah, you know? yep. And at the time I started that business, my son was two months old. Nice. So my wife had left her job. She was a consultant. She actually made more money than I did. She yeah. left her job to have my son. And for us to move, we moved you know, for a couple of years to D.C. from Dallas. So that's where the company was. So um, we moved there. You know, she had left her job. Our son was born. I left my job that I was doing really well at. I just wasn't satisfied in terms of, you know, and, and to be frank, they, they were doing really what the company was doing well, but, um, right around the time that I resigned, they, um, they ended up filing bankruptcy. So the writing was kind of on the wall that things were going to go downhill. Yeah. But, um, um, and so 
you know, I knew enough at that point to know that I wanted to work for myself. I didn't want to go back and work for somebody else. Um, and we just had to find a way to make that happen. At, at that point, you know, before that job, I'll tell you, if I go back a little bit further, I worked for a very large uh, retailer that everybody knows that um, uh, I was kind of a made man there. I, I could do whatever, pretty much whatever I wanted. Nice. The sky was the limit, or so I thought. Yeah. And what happened was I worked actually directly for the CEO and uh, was kind of his right-hand man. He ended up getting caught up in you know, kind of a mess and got fired. And Crazy. I was his outspoken right-hand man that had no protection anymore. So I was like next in line. You know? wow. So anyway, I went, the, my experience is I went from a large company where um, I – you know, was kind of a made man. I could do whatever I wanted, and that didn't work out. Then I went to work for a high flying startup that was a great opportunity for a couple of years, but then fizzled out. Now I've got a wife that left her job, have a new son, and it's just like, okay, who can I rely on to provide for my family besides me? Like, there's no such thing as a safe job anymore. There's no such thing as a blue chip company, apparently. It's just, you know, all these things kind of coming together of, it's got to be us. It's got to be me. Yeah. We've got to make this happen on our own. And, um, and that was kind of the, the start of it. I'd, I'd always had an interest in real estate investing. Um, I, my, my dad was always handy. I worked in a, uh, I don't know if you, are you familiar with Menards? You buy some houses in the Midwest. So it's kind of like Home Just Depot, started, Lowe's, yeah. Menards is in the Midwest. They have, I don't even know what they have, a few hundred stores. Wow. So uh, I worked at a Menards for like four years while I was in high school and college. I grew up in the Midwest and um, had always been around kind of construction type stuff. And, you know, not that I do anything myself, by the way, yeah, but yeah. I just kind of had always had an interest in real estate investing. And um, and that's something that I wanted to do, but I just, you know, really didn't know how and I needed a system. So we, we kind of found the Homevestor system and just latched on. Found that system, latched on, and then the, the phone started ringing. And how, how did that first deal go? I mean, how long did it take you to get your first deal? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. You know, kind of like you, you shared this story uh, uh, recently, is that it took me four months to buy. Even I'm part of the system, yep. got okay, a good. bunch of stuff going. Okay. It took me four months to buy my first house. Yeah, and that's typical. I mean, when I hear people say they're buying tons of houses within a month, I usually think, eh, I think there's a high end program behind this. Where's the $40,000 pitch? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that's. That's realistic. Everyone I know, it takes a good, even my own um, acquisitions manager who was working in literally in my system. We were comping every, we were helping him with everything. It took him yeah. a solid two months before he put a house under contract. And my brother, yeah. who I helped, solid three months, but that's like full time working, you know what I mean? With me and my yeah. help. So very realistic. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know, you probably know this too. We do a lot of direct to seller marketing. Yep. And so I'll tell you this the last, no joke, the last three houses that I bought, we sit here in March. Um, the last three houses that I bought, two of them were from July 2014. Yeah. You know, what is that? Nine, 10 months ago. Uh -huh. And one of them is from July 2013, almost two years ago. And so it takes time to kind of build that pipeline of deals for things to start yes. coming back around. Yes. And every time we start marketing in like a new state or a new area, it's the same thing. And at first you're like, ah, what's going on? I'm not buying anything. You're like, wait, hold right. on, hold on. It takes time. And there's some new guys that I'm working with. Um, you know, kind of what I've done is I now have my coaching program. And so I'll team up with people that are, that I feel are, are kind of like rock stars who want to wholesale anyway. I'll say, hey, I'll start buying from you. I'll help you pay for marketing, kind of get things going. But it takes a little time to get those things going. So yeah, you yeah. got to be patient and... Even I see a lot of new investors, 
it's like I don't want to like burst their bubble, but I can tell at the beginning when they're getting all excited. I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna land on your face a few times really hard, and it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I'm not talking about losing money, but I'm just saying like you're gonna think you're gonna have that deal, and you're not. But you right. got to look at that as, hey, I'm getting educated. It's like going to the university of getting educated and having a chance to make a bunch of money once you actually make it work, you know? So right, right. that mindset's huge. So tell us a little more about your, your business right now or your business within the last year. Or so, I mean, are you, you have rentals and flips and wholesales or what do you do? What's your business? Yeah. Like? So, you know, we kind of evolved to, uh, be doing a lot more, uh, rehabbing. So, um, you know, we predominantly rehab, um, at this point, or, or I will say this, we do over the past 12 to 18 months, we're doing a lot more kind of wholetailing. So we'll just clean houses up a little bit and put them on the MLS because, you know, it's a seller's market. And we're finding that as long as there's not major issues with, you know, we have a lot of foundation issues in Texas. So there's not, as long as there's no foundation, roof type issues, the house is, you know, close to livable, um, although way outdated maybe, that we can often, you know, find somebody to buy that house that, will use it as sweat equity. They'll buy it and fix it up themselves. And so you, get a, house, you get a house under contract from a direct seller. I'm just trying to help people understand what wholetailing is. Um, yeah. Do you, do you clean it up a little bit? Or you know, you sometimes, sometimes, I'll, right? sometimes I'll close on a house and the next day we'll put on the MLS. I'll never even go there again. We won't touch it. Yeah. Sometimes we'll um, maybe clean it out. We'll uh, get rid of uh, some of the scary stuff if there's like – you know, some massive stain on the carpet. Or we may just remove the carpet. <laughs> uh, sometimes we may just, you know, do a really, really light rehab, like a few thousand bucks, just, yeah. you know, cleaning it out or killsing it or something just to kind of, you know, there, if you think of this um, massive, uh, if you think of this kind of big pool of investors, it's like inside of that circle, everybody will do paint and carpet. Yeah. Right, nobody's afraid of like real light stuff, yeah. and then you kind of imagine that circle getting smaller and smaller is like, hey, uh, has is a burnout. Let's say so. Yeah. There's only you know maybe ten percent of that of that circle of potential investors will even want to tackle that, and so um, sometimes if you that uh, you can't just do a whole tail on a burnout, obviously, but you know if there's something that, for example, here I say we have a lot of foundation problems, so sometimes. If a house has found, needs foundation work, and other than that, it's really not that bad. You know, sometimes we may just fix the foundation and then put it on the market. And what that does like is that, it, yeah. it pulls in the pool of investors that you know were afraid of foundation, but now it's not an issue. Yeah, just and so we try to give. Sometimes we try to give people like a blank slate of, hey, you know, it's a blank canvas. Go do what you want. Cool. So, so you're closing on these houses with yourself. So you're taking ownership, but then you're putting them on less and selling them. Right. Um. Okay, tell me a little more. Like, how are you getting your houses financed? So we use, uh, you know, we use we use private money. We have some friend and family money, um, and we use we have a couple of lines with banks that are, you know, um, money that we borrow at, at a pretty good rate. You know, six maybe six percent and no points, six percent and one. So how point. do you get those lines? Well, it's again, it's not one of those things that we had right out of the gate. It's something yeah. that took some time. When we came in in two thousand eight, you know, when you call banks. They're like, well, call us back in a couple of years or, you know, more often than not, it was either, well, that guy doesn't work here anymore. And, uh, we don't, you know, we don't finance real estate. Real, you know, sometimes you'd hear like, well, real estate is evil. Like we don't do that. Yeah. Anymore. Like literally I heard that one time. Real estate is evil. Yeah. It's like, uh, where do you <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so it really took, um, it really took, you know, truthfully, truthfully, I think, uh, 
the fact that we were part of a franchise system that had a lot of reputation um, and the fact that we could show examples. We literally created like booklets of here are some houses we've done, here's what we bought it for, here's what we put into it, here's what we sold it for, and just kind of a storybook almost of here are some deals we've done. Yeah. And we kind of got our way into um, uh, one bank that way that they kind of got it, you know. Uh, and these are usually smaller banks that they have one branch or maybe two, and they the president's there. They can make decisions. Um, so it's more of a relationship type thing. With the smaller yeah. bank, you got in there, you let them know about yourself. Not something that they necessarily do all the time, but they're right. they're looking to lend money, right? And so it right. made sense. Right. Um, yeah. So do they? I, I've heard it done different ways. Do they use the house as collateral? I mean, how does it how does it work? The line of credit, like, do you have to have another house that's free and clear to use? You know, usually it's or? that house is uh, they have first lien deed of trust on that house. So and you have so, a house that you put under contract, and you contact the bank and say, "Hey, we've got this house we want to buy," um, and they'll basically finance it for you. But then they give you a a, a a deed of trust against the house. That's right. That's right. Okay. And what what percentage? Um, like they aren't giving you like a hundred percent, right? You have to have twenty percent down. Or? <clears throat> one of them, one of them is actually they'll wow. they'll finance the whole thing if we're um, they'll do either. Actually, I take that back. They do um, uh, the the greater, I guess, greater of ninety percent of uh, purchase price. They actually do a hundred percent of repairs. Really, it's kind of weird. That, that it's a little unusual. We have a for the repair side, we have an unsecured credit line that actually that probably is kind of backed by. A deposit we have with them, so hmm. it's probably not really 100 percent because we've got some collateral there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's usually 80 percent of purchase, 80 percent of uh, appraised value, or 90 percent of purchase price. So, nice. um, cool. so that that actually is a pretty favorable. And then the private money we have is usually 100 percent of everything. So yeah, I like that. I don't know if they have banks like that in California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think probably Texas is a little more. Um, wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but also, you know, the, the house values aren't quite as high here. They're obviously not quite as high here as where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I've been buying some houses now in Texas. Actually, the first house I bought in Texas burnt down last week. <laughs> so we're dealing with that. <laughs> like, how long have you owned it for? I owned it for like three days. We bought it at trustee sale. I mean, we, we got insurance on it. So we're okay. But yeah. actually, the best deal I've ever done was a burned down a house that burned down. I've had two burned down now, and I made like over two hundred thousand from the other ones. So this one won't be as good because it's not worth it. You're saying much. owning them while while they burn down, or they <laughs> yeah. bought them? Yeah, we've had some like that. That um, I mean, you know, on paper, it, it often looks like we made out good on the fact that it burned down. Yeah, it, but with two instances, you know, f- fortunately nobody was hurt. Yeah, um, yeah, but. Uh, the reality is it's so much more work and there's so much more drama that goes with it that it's just, you know, I wouldn't, I don't wish for them. No, you know, but, I, I would never wish for that. You know, the one that we did, I don't, the land was worth a lot of money. I don't know how we did it. We got lucky. Um, yeah. This other one will probably be more work than it's worth, but yeah, no, definitely not a program I recommend. <laughs> yeah. yeah not a, that's not a uh, sustainable <laughs> exit strategy. <laughs> do not ever do that on purpose. You'll end up in jail. <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, nah, fun stuff, man. So tell us, let, let's, I know you and I both, it's kind of coincidental. You and I are like, we've never met. And now back-to-back interview, we met last week, back-to-back interviews. And then we happen to be on the same interview coming up here in a little bit. It's That's like funny, a, yeah. A uh, 
forum, anyway, whatever it is, um, a board, I mean, whatever, I forget, the panel. There you go. It's like yeah, a panel yeah. deal. But tell it, what, what are some final tips you have? Um, like, what is, what is the, would you say is the number one key to your, to your success right now? You know, um, that's a good question. I don't, I don't, it's funny that I don't like sit around and think about like six success or anything like that. I always think about kind of having an impact, you know? I mean, I think the biggest things that I could advise people on are if you're trying, if you're getting started, you know, just don't give up, just work hard, make sure failure is not an option, have the right team in place. Um, I know that, uh, you and I are both, uh, big on kind of education in terms of in terms of learning from people that can teach you what it is you need to know and kind of vetting out like your experience, you don't want to necessarily have. So make sure you're working with somebody that is really doing this or certainly has done it recently. Um, but I think, you know, one of the kind of biggest takeaways that I have from what I've done in recent years, which is a, a lot of why I enjoy the mentoring and coaching part of, of what I do, uh, and why I enjoy the flip nerd stuff so much, which is kind of why a big part of why I did this was um, if you believe in karma and you put stuff out there and you teach people and you educate people and maybe even um, entertain people a little bit, <laughs> that, that, that that comes back around, right? I mean, there's yeah. so many. It, it took me getting to that point to where I think a lot of real estate investors operate in their market and they just kind of shield themselves from this is my kind of fiefdom and yeah. I don't want anybody to come in because they're going to take something from me or they could. Yeah. And once you kind of open that up and you're like, eh, maybe there's some ways for us to work together Always. and you, you don't really think about everything I do is not like, hey, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. It's just like I'm just going to do good stuff yep. and it's going to come back around. And I can tell everybody um, over the years that I've been doing that, the past few years, a little more than I have, like noticeably, I mean, I, I think about I'm just going to put good stuff out. I'm going to try to help somebody. I'm going to ask people all the time, is there anything I can help you with? People that I trust and, you know, um, that that comes back around. It, it comes back around in ways that you don't expect it. And I think it's just a better way to live your life too, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot more enjoyable. Like yeah. rather than mine and like holding tight to everything. Right. And people on the show know I'm a big believer in abundance as well and, yeah. and networking and working with others. I mean, just the... Last week, you know, I bought six houses from one individual I'd never met before. Someone else is starting to lend me money. And that's like just the, that doesn't even include all the systems and the mindset and the growth. Like, I don't know. It's, it's wild. So I, yeah. I hear you. I totally, totally agree. So, yeah. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for uh, coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. How can, what can we do for you? How can people reach out to you? You know, if, if anybody happens to be, I didn't know we were going to talk about the home investor stuff. If anybody's interested, I have a website. <clears throat> It's uglyopportunities.com, it. <laughs> uglyopportunities.com. We have some information on there and uh, a regular webinar to teach people um, a little more about the opportunity if they're interested in that. And, of course, we have flipnerd.com, which is uh, up until now has is, is primarily been a show. We've done um, over 180 shows in the past 14 months. Nice. And so it's, it's an audio podcast in the iTunes store or a video uh, show that's on flipnerd.com. And in fact, we're building this kind of massive uh, social platform that we're, we've been building it for about 15 months, biggest investment of my life, quite frankly. <laughs> and we're about to launch that here uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, people will be able to kind of find deals, find vendors, build community, find out about events, like literally at the local level. So all kind of in your market. And it'll take time for us to roll that out and get content on the site. But it's a big gap that we saw in the market. 
uh, of something that we wish had always existed. Awesome. And we're trying to create that to, you know, build a, a build a large community. I love that. Find find a problem, create an, an opportunity, create a solution, and yeah, yeah. There you go. It's, it's really cool. So, um, yeah, when, when you get that rolled out, let me know, and we'll maybe we'll oh, absolutely, again and talk more. About absolutely. It, so. All right, Mike, appreciate it. And I will see you in a few minutes on that other interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. All right. All right, I'll see Talk you later. Soon. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike. Mike is a great guy. And it's really cool to hear how you know people got started in this business and some of the things they did. And I hope you got a lot of takeaways away from, away from that. I know I did. And feel free to check out Mike at flipnerd.com. All right, guys, just a quick reminder, don't forget to register for the early word special for our house flipping seminar coming up, housefippinghq.com slash seminar. And if you are interested, uh, if you are an investor who is in this business, who's done some deals and just wants to take it to the next level, reach out to us at info or justin at housefippinghq.com and let us know and we'll keep you posted as we get going with the qualification process for that program. All right, guys, get after it. Make it a great week. You got this. I know you can do it. Super proud of you. Love y'all. And we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.